coming into heaven's realm and seeing the glory of God. Hallelujah. How awesome is that? Sometimes we hear a lot about it, and so it just gets to be common thought. But, oh, the presence of God is so more powerful than what we can ever imagine. I want to talk today about a man, a king in the Old Testament, Jehoshaphat. The title of the message is His Heart Was Lifted Up. And we're more prone to think negative sometimes than positive. And so when we see this title, His Heart Lifted Up, we're thinking maybe it was a wrong thing. But it is a right thing to lift our heart up to God. And so the hour, I believe that the hour is upon us that we must take time to commune with God. We're living in a, in a very busy season. Even if we're retired, we find that there's not enough hours in the day to do the things that we want to do. And uh, time is swiftly passing. One day we're going to be right there in eternity with the Lord. I pray that everybody's heart is right for that. Thank you, Jesus. But I believe that the message today is about communing with the Lord, about lifting up our hearts to the Lord. We, we do lift our hands. We do lift our thoughts, perhaps. But do we lift up our heart? Our heart is where the, the desires of our life is, what we desire. And so I want to talk about that briefly this morning. As we go to the Old Testament, I'm so thankful for, for the message of the Old Testament. People think, well, don't bother with it because Jesus fulfilled it and, and it's just there. But you learn from the Old Testament what God has expected of his people in the New Testament to be blessed by the grace that he's given us. Thank God we have grace. They did not have the grace in the Old Testament that, that we have today. So in the Old, in the Old Testament, it was not, uh, uh, by, it was not by the Spirit of God, but the sacrifices was by the blood of goats and animals and that kind of thing. And that will never save us. That will never relieve the sin that we have in our life that we need to be rid of through the blood of Jesus Christ. So it's kind of important to, to say that before we get into the message, because the Bible says in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, not by the blood of goats or calves, but by Jesus' own blood. And I just was reminded of that so much yesterday as I saw uh Brother Jim come around his car and his blood was flowing all over his face. And I I was like shocked and I could see little streams of blood just just going down. And I said, where where are you hurt? He was cutting trees and I thought maybe he cut something off, you know, or something. And um, and I thought about Jesus when I got this message. I thought about that kind of blood flowing from the crown of thorns that was on his head. Thank God that we don't have to wait a year every year to get our sins forgiven and then try to be good for another year. But we are, by the blood of Jesus, we are daily cleansed. And I'm so grateful for that. And this is reason for us to lift our heart up to God. Reason for us to cut away the things and the cares of life and these things momentarily that we can lift ourselves up to the Lord and commune with him. And many times we commune with him by talking to him all the time. Lord, I need this. Do this. Please help me guide my children. You know, talk, talk, talk. And sometimes we need to sit in the quiet of his presence and just hear what, our, what we're thinking. 
Because if this mind is in you, then our thinking is thinking the things of God. And so we're just meditating, thinking, and God wants to commune with us. And this is the generation that we need to hear his voice. We need to have that communication with him because the works of darkness is more powerful than it's ever been. But never fear, God's power is always greater than the works of darkness. But, you know, you can just sit in your life in the quiet and see the places where the enemy wants to tempt you, where he wants your mind to go instead of to him. And so this is a day that we have to focus and bring our hearts and our lives into the power and the anointing of God. Well, the scripture says in the Old Testament, there's a mortal being. The scripture doesn't say mortal being. I say that. But what I'm saying is that sometimes we hear the scriptures and we think, well, God did that for them because they were somehow special because they are Israel and they were a part of his chosen. But when you come to Christ, you are a part of his chosen and he wants to work in our life and bless us. So I say this that the Old Testament, what we're going to talk about today, Jehoshaphat, was just a mortal being. He was just like you and I, but he made a decision, a spiritual decision in his life to choose what was right. That's what I'm going to talk about today from Second Chronicles. And you have Bibles there in your pew or you brought your Bible. I love you to look in the word. Second Chronicles chapter 17. And we'll be there mostly today talking about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was appointed to the kingdom of God in this passage of scripture. And and I want us to just look at this passage, this first verse, Second Chronicles seventeen three. And you can read with me if you have it. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David and sought not unto Balaam. This is a powerful scripture because as he comes to the kingdom, he's going to fight the idols that Israel is worshiping. And he comes to the, to the kingship and he makes a chosen decision. He has to either follow the ways of Israel at the time Israel and Judah were divided. And they had built high places and they were worshiping idols. And he comes to the kingdom. Now, you know, when he first comes to the kingdom, he wants to do what's right. He wants to have the blessings of the people. We, we like people to like us. We like people to believe in us, you know. And so he comes to the kingdom and immediately he has to make a, a choice. And the Bible says that, that he chose to walk in the first ways of his father, David. So we know that David was a man after God's own heart. Does everybody know that? And he was special to God because he did the will of the Father. It's that simple. You want to be special to God, do the will of the Father. And you can do the will of the Father by one passage of Scripture, which is to what? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy strength, thy might. That's the will of God. And that's the only thing that we have to be considered concerned about in the New Testament. If we do that, we'll be in right standing with God. Old Testament wasn't that blessed. They had rituals and they had instructions and they had laws and they had somebody telling them what to do all the time. And they always failed and they always went back to to worshiping idols and doing those things. So now this king comes to uh, kingship and we see that he wants to walk in the first ways of Father David. 
And that's a good thing. And and the other Israel, other side of the spectrum, worshipped Baal in the high places that the king before him had made. So as we choose, as as we as we choose things, church, you know, you might we might look at our life and say, I made some wrong places in my life, but you know what? We can overcome them. We overcome by the word of our testimony. We say this happened to me, but now I'm overcoming. And so when I overcome, I'm a new creature in Christ. And the Church of Jesus Christ has become um, lazy. The, the church of Jesus Christ has become lazy. They, they worship many things. And you know, we don't carry idols in our pocket. We don't, some of our nations have that ritual, but we don't, we don't, we don't uh, have idols pictures. I, every time I go to my Chinese place and I see a big Buddha, I say, I don't serve you. I don't ever want to walk by him and have him think I might look at him because <laughs> I always, I always look at him. But I don't, I just say to him, I don't serve you. I don't curse him. I just say, I don't serve you. But we're living in a day when we need to serve Christ with all of our heart, our soul, our mind. So look at us. What do we love the most? You know, what do we want to do in our life for us? Where are we in the, in the mode of doing the will of the Father? And I had trouble all day Saturday. I've just, you know, if you commit, if you, Confess your sins. God loves you. (laughs) And I had trouble all day Saturday because God told me to do a specific thing. I thought he did. You know, I didn't hear his voice, but it was in my heart and in my mind. And I knew he was speaking to me. And I had trouble all day. I got locked out of my house. And Brother Jim was at our house cutting the trees. And and I was concerned about him. I wanted to take him to the doctor, but no, he wasn't going. And I wanted to take him to Kathy. I wanted to do something for him because I wanted to wash his face for, for one thing. But, you know, we got to be obedient to the will of God. And it was such a simple thing that I could do to be obedient to the Lord. And I had to, I had to have this warfare. And I had to have God reveal himself in a supernatural way uh, by, the, by the, the devil harassing me. And I don't say that God called on the devil to do that. I'm just saying, I think the Lord just stood there and smiled while I tried to get this all together. But I know that happens to humanity because we're flesh. And we have to deal with flesh all the time. So when we look at Jehoshaphat, he came to kingship and he had a choice to, to be good for all of the all of Israel. that he chose to stay at the place where he wanted to be holy. So as we look at the scripture today, he chose God Jehovah. And there is still today idols in our world. There's no idols in Christianity that we serve. People think we serve the cross. We wear the cross and those kinds of things. But the idols are the things of this world. We used to have a very nice family in our church. I'm sure they're still very nice. But they had a bunch of boys. And when this ball season came... The boys were old enough to get signed up. They got signed up, and we've never seen them in church again. See, that's an idol. Now, that doesn't mean baseball and football or whatever is bad. It just means that if it goes before God, and you know what? Every ball, kid's ball team today will start on Sunday. And so there is an idol in our country right there, and there are idols of other, other ways. So don't think that we don't have idols. Our country has idols. Our government has idols. 
And if they don't think for the good of the people, they think for the good of what they want to do, and that becomes an idol. So let's think about that today. What kind of idol might we have in our life? Because the way to please God is to serve him according to his will. And his will is written here, and I know it's a really big book, but I've got to tell you, it's only one passage of scripture. How much do we love him? This is a day that we have to reveal our love in a supernatural way to God because the enemy is at warfare with God's people. And we have all these opportunities. Sunday school was about this. We have opportunities to serve the Lord, to work in his service, to do his will. We have an opportunity to say we love him and do the things that we want to do. You know, and how often that's what I wanted to do Saturday. But it was not the will of the Lord. And these things we have to think about. And we cannot just say, I'm a Christian, and, and I wear the cross, and I go to church, and I pay my tithes. We have to get more energetic about the God we serve. The world is energetic about their God, the way they serve him. you know. And God's people have got to become more energetic. That's the only word I can think of. If I could think of a bigger word, I would. you know. But we have to become energetic and excited and zealous for the cause of the kingdom. That doesn't mean we can't be normal people. But it does mean that when we start talking about Jesus, there's something that wells up within us and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes through us and, and there's a shining of God in our light. And that comes from having practice. That comes from being energetic. That comes from reading the Word of God. That comes from wanting God more than you want the things of this world. So that's why I'm talking to the choir today. I want us to sing louder, sing higher, sing better. Whatever it is that we do for God, we want to do it. You know, I just saw how much the thing, the people who serve God behind the scenes, I've just seen so much of that. You know, we lost Brother uh, Barnhill and his jobs where we were trying to fill all his jobs. Nobody, I didn't know he had all these jobs. But we're trying to fill all these jobs, you know. And now, Brother... Jim will be gone and we have to fill his jobs. And, you know, these are things that we need to notice and know about and desire. What can I do for the kingdom of God? Not just the work, but how can I show my love and how can I show show my uh, conscious uh, uh, care for people who are in need of of care and hair? But... (laughs) But uh, God knows what we need. Amen. (laughs) So he chose God, Jehovah, and uh, God still has us to overcome idols today. There's things in our life that sometimes we put ahead of God and God doesn't like that. So in Second Chronicles chapter four, it says, but Jehoshaphat sought the Lord God of his father and walked in his commandments and not after the doings of Israel. You know, I wish the world and the church of Jesus Christ could see that scripture like I see it. You know, he walked in God's commandments. He sought God and he didn't do the things of evil. He didn't do the things of the world. You, all you have to do is to, to hone into the, the richest, the, the Christian TVs and listen and look at the preachers and they've all changed to become like the world. And I'm telling you something today, church. We have to have the power of God in our life, and we cannot be like the world. The churches, the outward edifice of where God lives is changed. 
the churches at large are changed. We have screens. We watch TV all day, and then we go to church and watch TV. (laughs) Selah. Do we seek the Lord? Here's the question. Do we really seek the Lord like... um, like we like the things of the world. We like clothing. That's a good. We, we like ball games, football games. We like beauty. We, we like cream. We like those things. But those are never the thing that reveals Christ in our life. Our countenance, our testimony, the fact that we've overcome by the blood of the Lamb, that's what shows forth the power of God in our life. And... And the wisdom of God is so much more powerful than the wisdom of this world. And when we have problems and difficulties, the first thing that we do is go to see what the spectrum is in our area, what the area is like. And we want to get help from the things around us instead of first going to God for help, because that's where our help comes from. It comes from the Lord. So. It says, do we see the Lord? There is a season that we need to control our flesh. Our flesh, the church's flesh is so out of order. From the pulpit to the pew. Do you hear me? So out of order. And yet this is a day that we need God more than we've ever needed him. We see the signs of the time. We We are prominent in knowing that the end is close. Whether we go by death or whether we go by rapture. 83 here. You know, we have to be more mindful of God than we've ever been. This is a decision to put God first in all things of our life. And to take our trials and tribulations to him first. To his word first. I, I, I beseech you. To live in the Psalms because the Psalms will encourage you and they'll give you hope. And the Psalms will talk about your trials and tribulations too. And, the, and we need to have a song. A psalm is a song. We need a song of praise in our heart and in our life. Because if we have a song of praise in our heart and our life, it will show on our countenance. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I've wept over my grandchildren. And I'm sure that you have people that you've loved that you've wept over, you know, and I try to tell the Lord all that he needs to do for them. And I'm coming to this decision that we only need to put them in his hand and say, here they are, Lord. I give them to you. I gave them to you at birth. Here they are. And I put them in your hand and they're your responsibility now. And what I'm going to do is trust you that you're going to lead and guide them and bring them to the right decision. And that's what Jehoshaphat did. He came to the kingdom. He said, we're going to take down the high groves where they worship the idols and not have no idols in this land. Going to take them down. We're going to do the things of the God of our David, which is the, the doing the will of God. We're going to be a country that is the will of God. That's what we need in our own country right now. That's what's going on in our country right now. The enemy is at, is at work to destroy our country because our country was founded on God, and it's not their country anyhow. It's God's country. 
And this is the day and the hour when we need to be so mindful that we need to love God with all of our heart and put him first and be an example because our world is fastly going down the tube and Jesus is coming. So uh, it's a very good picture of Jehoshaphat, how he's running his country. And he, he says that he walked in God's way and he loved God with all of his heart and in all of the wars. And he had wars. He had to fight for God to be lifted up in his country. Will we fight for that? Will we stand for that? Not only lift him up in our country, but our own life and our own family. You know, we have difficulties in our own families where we need to be so impregnated with the word of God that they don't want to come to the house because you're going to give the word of God to them. And if if they won't, then tell them to come and you won't talk about it, but put up signs everywhere. Put up godly signs everywhere. Jesus lives here. You know, it's just simple, something simple that will stir their spirit and let the seeds of birth and salvation and the breath of God that's in them come to fruition. So Jehoshaphat, he walked after God. He was a special king. And there, verse 5 says, Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in Jehoshaphat's hand, and all Judah brought to him presents, and he had riches and honor and abundance. Now, hey, look, church, I love riches and honor and all that. But it's, today's message is not about the riches that come to him because he did that. Today's lesson is about us overcoming and having spiritual gifts, spiritual riches. I notice that the church of Jesus Christ today is really not rich. They're really not rich in the things of God. The spirit of God should be moving in every service across the land. And there should be no thought of time. There should be no thought of this or that. The thought when you walk in the door of the house of God should be my thought toward the Lord to worship him, to honor him, to audibly express what I'm feeling. I know it's great to smile and love God within your heart quietly, but God is looking for audible praise that will move the hands of God, that will move the heavens, that when they come into this house or whatever house they go in that's called the Lord's house, they feel the Lord in that house. Therefore, the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. God will establish our country in his hand at his appointed time. And he will establish himself in our land, our temple, if we will be more energetic toward him. Not just energetic, but more spiritual. Spiritual matters are important. That means you can't go to a ball game and have fun. But it also means that at the end, something comes up and you can't help but say something about the Lord. You can't help but manifest who you are in Christ. You know, And it's important. So... What did Jehoshaphat, whatever, what did he do? What did he do? How did he establish the kingdom that God would give him, put him in his hand? Well, what he did is he took all of his princes, and some of them was like Zechariah and Obadiah, some of them. He took all the men that served him, the princes, and he sent them throughout, Jeho- uh, throughout the country with the book of the law. And he started to regenerate the word of God in his land. And he took away the high places where they worshiped the idols. He didn't have no idol in his land. He walked after the commandments of God. And this is the important thing. Not only did he do it audibly uh, audibly and physically and walk in the commandments of God, but he raised up his heart to God. 
in the fullness. The Bible says he was a man that raised up his heart. And I want to say to the church today, let's do that. Let's practice that. Let's let's turn from the normal ways that we worship. And let's ask God, give us a fresh vision. How can we worship you in a stronger manner? How can we reach your heart? How can we pull from you the power and the anointing? The Bible says, after this, you shall receive power. And the church needs to receive the power. There's a lot of power in the church, but it's not the power of God. You know, it's it's a kind of power that says, I'm in charge here. And that's not God, what God is talking about. When he's in charge, when God's in charge, then there will be glory and honor and power and praise in his house. And it will be audible. If your team wins the ball game, you are going to be audible. Well, Jesus is going to win our team. In fact, he has already predicted it and prophesied it in the book of Revelation. We win. So why isn't the church audible in their praise? And why aren't we excited that we are children of the kingdom of God and no weapon that formed against us will prosper? And the word of God is our power and our strength. And if we have feel that we're poor, get out there in the pastures because he owns all the cattle on the hill. You know, those are the words of God that strengthen us and empower us. We cannot think on our own mind because our own mind is fleshly. We have to have the mind of Christ in his church. And Jehoshaphat had that. He's a great, outstanding king in the Old Testament. And I don't know how his end is. I didn't get to that. But I know that in this this phase of his life, he served God with all of his heart. And this whole chapter 17 ends with him still serving God and still fighting the war and still sending his men out to preach the gospel until the land returned to, to the God of Jehovah. We want our land to turn to the God of Jehovah. And we are the vessels that are working to bring that. That's our prayer. That's our hope. That's our desire. And if we're audible in our testimony, if we're audible in our Christianity, we can make a difference in this world. Oh, God, teach us your ways that we might walk in them, that we might get involved God is giving us opportunity after opportunity. You know, somebody thinks, well, they sing great. I want to sing like that. Or I've heard people say, well, Pastor, I I want to preach like you. Well, you know, we all have our own destination in God. And so some of our some of our work might be on the phone ministering to somebody. I've talked to my office now, and anytime somebody calls for prayer, I say, don't say yes. We'll we'll we say yes. We'll give it to the prayer team, but. Pray. Pray right then. Because prayer is what changes things. Not just them asking for prayer. And hopefully somebody there prays and the prayer team does pray. And I'm going to ask the prayer team to start doing some of the prayers in the church. Because we need to know that everybody can pray. It's not just one person. You know, and I'm thankful to God that we have a prayer team in our house because that's what keeps the church alive and keeps it motivating. And while I'm working in there, they're praying out here. And God is for us. We've gone through COVID-19, all the works of the devil, and we're still here. And we never left down one minute. And we had more money than we ever had in this house. This is a miracle of God. 
And our fellowship, our Bible college, you know, we used to pray for the stamps to mail out the postage. And it was so blessed in COVID-19. That just shows me that God is more powerful than the works of darkness. So I want to say to the church today, we got to choose the right way. And that's to lift up our heart to God. The things that we desire, the things that are important to us, the things that we love, lift everything up to God and begin to worship him. If you see in the in the picture that is on your bulletin today, you see that they're lifted up toward light and you see that there is light on them. We need that kind of God light on us that people that the devil comes walking down the hall and he sees that he will go the other way. It's true. You know, and we also need that light on us because we're passing somebody in the market and they are truly discouraged. And we smile at them. And that smile turns on something in them. See, don't forget that everybody that's ever been born has the breath of life in them. They have the potential of being an overcomer. And it is our job to spread the light so bright that it, it either makes them mad or makes them happy. You know, they can't just walk by, oh, hum, that's nobody. They know that there's a light of Christ in us. Jehoshaphat chose the right. He walked after God's commandments. Thank God our commandment is only the loving God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our spirit. It's not about washing our dishes a certain way. You know, it's not about those things. It's about loving God with all of our heart. How much do we love God? It's all our heart. I was talking to somebody the other day, so discouraged, so away from God. And I, and I said, you know, you've got to turn around and come to God. And they said, oh, I love God with all my heart. And that's the, that's the idea of the world today. They, those who believe in God, they, they, they love God with all their heart. But where is their service? Where is their act, actions? Where is their heart? What do they do on Sunday? You know, do they come? The church don't save you. But what church does is it encourages you and it keeps you on the right path. And it brings you to uh, forgiveness. It brings you to these things that we need. And we need them all the time. We need forgiveness all the time. We need to be talking to God all the time. God needs to be on our mind like our friend. You know, we go out of town, we come home, we want to get to the phone and call our friend and talk. Well, he's our friend. We talk to him daily. He's our best friend. He's the only great friend that anybody can have in their life. Jehoshaphat chose rightly. He chose to follow the commandments, and he had worse commandments than us. He had the, the commandments that were really strong instruction. But he followed them to the letter, and he sent out the word. He could have did a multitude of things. Look what happened to Jehoshaphat. In the end, he was wealthy. God overwhelmed him with presence and gifts and even the Philistines that they fought with all through the Old Testament they came and visited him and gave him gifts see the Lord makes the enemies be at peace with you if you'll be at peace with God and if you'll walk in peace and love with God he'll see that your enemies leave you alone he'll see that you are victorious over the and what is the enemy anything that's in your heart that's against God or anybody that harasses you Little, little idiosyncrasies, little bitty things keep us from having the power and the glory of God in our life. Jehoshaphat is a great example to us. Verse 6 says, 
and his heart was lifted up for the ways of the Lord. His heart was lifted up for the ways of the Lord. His heart was lifted up for the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he took away the high places and the groves out of Judah. He did these things. Our country needs to do that. Our Christian community needs to do that. Our Christian community needs to take away those things in their life that is so important to them. You know, God has a way of doing that. God has a way of taking those things. And then we have to cry out to him. I want to say to the church today that Jehoshaphat is a great example. I have much to say, but time gets away from me. But I want to say this to you today, that God is looking for a people that will talk to him more. Not to ask him for things. That you can do too. But to sit in his presence, to worship him, to honor him, to say, Lord, let Christ be in my mind. Let, let Christ be, be in my heart. Let him overcome those things that bother me and stress me and give me anxiety. Lord, I put those things in your hand. Jehoshaphat could have had all that. He had to run the country. The country was divided. He had to bring it back together. He had to make his time in the kingdom be valuable to God. And that's what I want to leave with you today is that you have to uh, make the time that God has given you on earth valuable for the kingdom of God. Doesn't mean you can't do things you want to do. It just means that you take time for him. Because in a day that we live, there is no time for anything. And we have to decree in our heart that we will take time to lift up our heart to God. That, that, That we will receive his spiritual gifts. My house here is full of spiritual gifts. But they don't often operate. You know, a word in season is awesome. A prophetic word is comforting. And I know that I hear after church sometimes they will say, well, I had something I wanted to say, but I just didn't. You know, and there we always, in this house, we always give a period of time. What, what the worship is about when we start to worship and praise and sing, that's where we're waiting on the gifts to operate. If the gifts are here and the gifts want to operate, we're given time for them to operate. And you don't have to stand up to prophesy a big long thing. If you ha- if God gives you a word in season, you just say it to the church and let the church let it go into their heart and their life and receive it or reject it doesn't matter. But God is going to give gifts as the church prospers in their love. So what I'm doing is admonishing the church today to choose to walk in his commandments, to lift up your heart to God that he should know what your heart wants. He should know what your heart feels like nobody else. He sees the inside. Yes. And like the like the thing that Beverly said this morning, you know, you, you can't always test what's in the heart by what you see on the outside. That works for good and that works for bad. You know what I'm saying? So, Father God, we love you today. We worship you, Lord, and I desire, Father God, that we can walk in your ways, Father, that God, that we can walk in your love, that we can lift our heart up to you, Father God, that some moment of this day will bring a great revelation to the hearts of your people. For this, we give you thanks, O God. In Jesus' name, yes.